Welcome to Divine Throughline. I'm Ma Ananda Srimati, sometimes known as Julie Pyatt, and I'm here to share with you musings and perspectives on what it really truly means to live a life divine. Thank you so much for joining me. You guys hear that? This is an app that I have on my phone. It's called iTabla, iTabla Pro, and it's um, an app that Indian musicians have, but it's really cool because it has all these different settings. And um, this is just a, a drone, and it's actually a um, something that I just keep on. It has a tempura, and it's in C sharp. You can also change the keys. That's C. Or... Wait, let me go the other way. This is where the sitar is tuned in D. But if you're into meditating or you're a yoga teacher or you're a musician, it's a really cool app. So check it out, iTabla Pro. And uh, that's it. So anyway, tribe, thanks for joining me on Divine Through Line. I'm uh, super happy to be here. Um, with a pain-free headache. I mean, pain-free head. I have no headache. Um, And I just want to thank you guys. I had so many messages and people reach out to me. I really appreciate that so much. Thank you. Um, And thank you for uh, PayPal donations. I had um, a few of you goddesses come forward and, and want to support me, and I so appreciate that. So thank you very much um, for letting me know that I am not all alone in the world, (laughs) even though we actually are, but no, we're together as a tribe and I I greatly appreciate that. So thank you so much. So there's quite a few things that I want to talk to you about this week. Um, It's Monday. It is Martin Luther King Day and um, uh, a beautiful time to reflect on you know, what is conscious activism and how can we make a difference uh, in our own lives? I'm actually not going to only stay on that topic because I have a lot of things that I want to go into. But I guess what I would offer um, if we could learn anything from such a beautiful soul as uh, this amazing being who devoted his life to, um, you know, championing civil rights and, and doing so much and speaking up is uh, what I would say from my perspective is is once again, we're being led back into our authentic selves. So the most important thing you can do is realize yourself. This is vital because nature is perfect and you were created for a very specific uh, expression. And this expression is no more important or less important than any other expression. So it's important to understand that a frog is not in competition with a butterfly. You know, if we just look at it like that and look at the beauty of, of creation, it's not a, co- a competition, um, I would say, for competition's sake or that I need to get my piece of the pie before you get it. it that's sort of more helpful. But it's helpful to understand that, that each being has enough energy to fulfill itself. It, it's by design. And if you can truly merge with that design and... And, and develop faith, extreme faith, and be a warrior and be 
uh, willing to go through tests and initiations and, and, you know, put in the experience to become, um, life is miraculous on many, many levels. In addition, we have to speak up, uh, when, uh, Things are not in right alignment with our own truth. Uh, however, the way that we show up uh, must be in neutrality. It must be in this expansive knowing uh, that everything is in divine right timing. Um, there is a great part of me that can look at things that are going on in the U.S. political administration that is not in alignment with me, and yet. Uh, from a more expanded perspective, I understand that the divine play is unfolding uh, exactly as it should be. And so if I'm fighting against, or if I'm spending my days uh, talking about an energy that is immature, I am um, not using my time in a wise way. So uh, it's important that we turn our, our attention to what we came here to express. And this brings me to um, natural calamities and horrors and atrocities that happen on planet Earth. And some of you might be wondering, like, why when these happen, um, am I not uh, more vocal on social media or talking about them uh, a lot. And it's it's an interesting thing to navigate. So I'm going to share a few things that I, that I know that have come to be my experience. This is from my perspective, and you can take what works for you and, and leave the rest. But from my perspective, what I have learned is a few things, is when a natural disaster occurs, when a group of individuals are killed, um, and it's kind of like an accident or a murder or a you know a mass experience, there is tremendous chaos in the field. Um, it's actually even if one person dies, the grief that is surrounding the experience uh, is very hard to work through. And so many times, what I learned from my experience of working with my teachers was that uh, you have to wait until things neutralize because then you can really go in and you can possibly be a voice for um, a facilitator for some clearing, some healing, um, some assistance, these type of things. Uh, one thing I do want to share is uh, when 9-11 happened, I was working with um, one of my teachers and and we uh, were... Um, he, he shared, along with this clairvoyant that he works with, um, they actually went into the 9-11 experience after it happened, you know, quite some weeks or months afterwards. And this clairvoyant described to us what she witnessed in the moment of, of death and when the planes hit the towers. And from her perspective, um, she said immediately there were souls that, that died that literally jumped to the other side and they were helping people. They were helping, they were assisting, they were gathering souls, they were, they were offering um, healing and awareness and guidance. And this was quite profound to understand we are eternal, we are not uh, confined to the life of this body that we are living, and there are many levels of existence that are happening. And so often, when, <clears throat> excuse me, when I fly... I, w I went through a period of my time, of my life, early in my, my life, maybe in my 20s, 
where I developed a phobia of flying. And then I think I I remembered a a crash or some explosion or something that I had been through. But it was quite visceral for me and to the point where if I saw an airplane on TV, it would, um, you know, almost ignite a panic attack. Literally did not like to fly. So I've worked through that, and the way that I've worked through that is that I've become very familiar with death. (laughs) So it's like, it's not that I was afraid to fly, it's that I was afraid to die, right? So when I fly, I'm very aware of, uh, you know, death and, and, uh, and crashing, (laughs) Um, and I'm not, um, I don't have a, a fear of flying, I have merged with that Uh, experience. And what I often reflect on is uh, how long, like, I guess if I'm afraid of something, I'm afraid of suffering, right? So I don't want pain. Um, But that experience that that clairvoyant shared about that instantly there were individuals that were just right on the other side and they were assisting, like they didn't even miss a beat, um, kind of gives you the awareness where what I feel happens in some calamity of that sort is that at some point um, the soul kick kicks in and the suffering is alleviated. Um, now, I have to also understand that a death is a birth, so there would be possibly some pain, some birth pains as you go through this transition, you know, and accidents are very sudden. So, um, so but my... My hope and my awareness um, and what I feel is right is that at some level, you know, of the experience, your soul would come in and you will be assisted and and guided depending on your level of, of awareness, depending on what you have cultivated in your life. So this brings me the ability to understand that life is fragile, that none of us know uh, exactly how long we're going to be in this body, in this experience. And there are different levels of experiencing that, um, you know, that transition uh, from leaving this body and transitioning into another life. And, you know, there's a lot of different scenarios, but this awareness has given me great peace and a great ability to face it and understand that, um, you know, that there is no death and that, uh, you know, we would face that experience in the same way. And again, the soul would intervene and offer some pain relief and some assistance in that experience. So this brings me to the uh, Montecito mudslides, which have happened very close to where I live. My Swami Vidyadishananda, my dear friend, uh, dear, uh, I guess um, I should call him cosmic professor, a beautiful being. Uh, he has been, he was evacuated and actually, you know, lives up there. And of course, we know many people that live there. And it's interesting to reflect on, on the mudslides. Um, of course, we knew they were coming because of the vast um, fires that happened in the region. And various people, as I understand it, I don't know every detail, there's a possibility that someone was caught in the mudslide who, who did evacuate, who was you know, in a certain place at a certain time. But I went online and I went to look at the faces of the people who had um, transitioned. And this is 
a practice uh, of me honoring them. So um, I sit in meditation and I look at them. I give them time to see their face, experience their energy, and um, send them peace, send their families peace and um, comfort. And, uh, you know, I, I hear this sort of, um, I would say, Fox News perspective, which is like, well, they were told to get out and they didn't, you know, in a way. And, and um, that, of course, is not my perspective. I trust the individuals and I trust life. And if they, in fact, uh, made that choice to be there or were there, then, of course, at this ultimate level of pulling out, that is their divine exit point. Um, maybe it, it wasn't the only exit point available to them in their life plan, but it was one of them, and it became uh, realized. So um, uh, it's a very divine, very profound uh, experience, of course. It's something many, much of the culture is, lives their life just avoiding and denying. Uh, however, it is a part of life, the transition and the birth uh, from this experience into another. And so um, with the greatest compassion, love, and, um, and you know, just empathy for the families, for the people that know these individuals, for uh, mothers lost, children lost. Um, and, you know, we say lost and then they're never lost. You'll never be separate from them. But from a human perspective, there is great loss there. Just uh, all my love and immense compassion uh, is sent to that area, to those people. And also, this is something that we can do as human beings. Um, in addition, it's a beautiful demonstration of the power of nature, of the uh, reality that we are riding and experiencing life on our Mother Earth. And when uh, these things happen, when Mother Earth shakes herself a little bit, um, we become completely uh, overtaken by her power, by uh, the land, fires, floods, earthquakes, all these type of things, hurricanes, tornadoes. And part of this is a collective um, experience of global warming, which we have all contributed to, all of us. And yet it is profound and incredible the level of denial that the human being can still reside in or still um, cultivate in their own being. And I now know individuals who have uh, transitioned in, I, uh, actually a family member of somebody I know um, or perished in the hurricanes, the last round of hurricanes. And yet there's still this lack of connection to what we are doing to our planet and the surgence and um, rising of these weather patterns that are going to affect all of us. And you can see in this experience, it doesn't care if you voted for Trump or if you voted for 
uh, someone else. You know, it doesn't care how much money you have in the bank or how famous you are or uh, how well you've done your financial planning to make sure that death did not find you. <laughs> so, you know, it's, um, it's silly. It's so silly to me. So what I want to talk about right now, and I've calmed myself down over the, over the few days, is what we can do and what every single one of us can do right now, today, with the next meal you eat. You can choose plants on your plate. You can stop voting with your dollar and participating in industrialized animal agriculture which is causing so much decimation to this planet. It's profound what you can do with your choices on your plate. Um, it's just beyond, you know, your love of bacon. It's, it's, it's come to a level which is, um, it's so unconscious. And our earth is our mother. She is our mother and our oceans are being uh, destroyed by the runoff of the sewage from all of these animals that are being cultivated. The amount of brutality that is being um, expressed against these feeling sentient beings um, is it's inhumane. It's not human. Something is, is not in right alignment if you are disconnected from this feeling. So I would urge you to watch Cowspiracy, to watch What the Health by uh, Kip and Keegan, Kip Anderson and Keegan Kuhn, two beautiful filmmakers who have done an amazing service, young men who created these movies. Cowspiracy lays it out very clearly, very clearly so you can understand how many thousands of gallons of water you will save a day by choosing plants on your plate. It's not hard. It really is not hard. So I have spent many years of my life devoted to creating books and support so that you can do it. Um, Rich and I have a course on Mind Body Green, The Ultimate Guide to Plant-Based Nutrition. I have a book called The Plant Power Way, which is over 120 recipes of amazing food that you can start enjoying today. Um, if that's not in your price range, it's, I don't know, 25 bucks or something, you can get even my Jai Seed e-cookbook that's on Rich's site at richroll.com. And that's under $10. And you can begin today um, to eat plant-based. In addition, I created the book, This Cheese is Nuts, over 70 recipes, the most incredible, tasty, amazing experience of food, of cheese. And you can do it. Um, so those are just some things. This is obviously not, not an ad for my books, um, but it's something that I've created that can be experienced for relatively low cost. Uh, you can also do our sign up for a meal planner, uh, the Plant Power Meal Planner, and it's under $2 a week. It will plan all your plant-based meals. And um, even if you did it part of the time, uh, which is an okay trans transition, uh, begin. Begin doing what you can. This is not going away. 
And um, it affects all of us. This is, this is not, it's not going to become less. It's going to become more these experiences. And I think that on a very human level, we owe it to the beings that have agreed at some soul level to give their lives during these experiences so that we could learn, so that we could transform and we could finally step into doing our best. You know, we have to ask ourselves that question. Are we doing our best? And if you look at all the ways that you can reduce global warming, uh, plant-based eating is in the top four of over a hundred ways that are presenting on, uh, on uh, Paul Hawkins' beautiful work that he has created for the planet that is called Drawdown Project. Please get the book, drawdownproject.org. Please get the book. It's over a hundred ways that we can reduce global warming and we can honor our mother. Uh, Plant-based eating is number four out of a hundred ways. And that's something that doesn't cost you any money today at all. You can just begin. So um, Paul Hawkins is an extraordinary scientist who gathered a group of peers who has presented uh, peer-reviewed science um, presenting a hundred ways we can reduce global warming. Uh, and we have these technologies exist today, so we can all do it today. So I urge you to support that movement, to get involved with that movement. And, um, you know, that is something that we can do. Uh, the good news is we can do it. We can bring the heat down. There's a way. There's over a hundred ways that Paul's presenting. So um, beautiful individuals, uh, such an expression of what I believe that each one of us is divine. We all have something very special to contribute. And this is demonstration of this beautiful being who has, um, who knows himself and who has stepped up and done what he knows how to do in his area of expertise on planet Earth. So I offer this with love, without any judgment. Um, none of us is perfect. Uh, living a human life, we create a lot of havoc, a lot of garbage, a lot of problem, a lot of karma in our lives. But we have to start viewing these experiences and actually taking responsibility for our own life. I do want to point out that when I heard Paul Hawkins speak at the Mind Body Green Revitalized Summit last year, um, he presented a graphic that showed uh, the temperatures on planet Earth back millions of years. And uh, the way the graph shows is that where we are today, we are, I believe, 490% higher than any temperatures ever experienced. This is throughout many, many, many years. So it is no joke. It is a reality. It is happening. And uh, we're going to have to take responsibility for our mother, our mother earth. If we don't, um, she's going to be fine. She will transition. Uh, but we will see uh, a tremendous amount of suffering in the world. And um, I am here for the evolution. 
but I have immense compassion and love for humanity. And I would like to see less suffering. That would be my vote. Uh, however, we must honor our mother. So I hope uh, you receive that in any way, any little bit. Don't judge yourself. Just begin where you are and start to shift your focus. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. But let's start to examine and um, meditate on how we move in the world and how are we affecting the life around us, which we are so connected to. So thanks for listening to that. And um, now I'm going to switch gears and I'm going to go to the subject of parenting. Um, many of you contacted me and asked me to dive into this subject and I'm not going to go super far into it, but I am going to discuss the very visceral experience that I am having right now with my own children <laughs> as they are leaving uh, this, uh, this experience of being my kids and living with me and they, they're moving out. So the way that this has gone is that um, I made sure to express my needs to them and let them know that I needed this to be very fluid and I needed it to be continuous and they needed to not leave anything here for me to clean. And that's not the way that life has presented the move out. So what has happened is um, one of my sons got sick and then uh, the guy that they were moving in with or the place they were moving in with, there were rains and then there were leaks where he was going. So they weren't able to move in completely on the day they were supposed to. And then after that, I think some focus was lost, some, some parties arose, some other opportunities. And so I'm sitting here exactly in the place that I didn't want to be in. Isn't that funny? Which you resist persists. So I think emotionally, I tried to set up the experience so that it would be the least traumatic for me. Um, and that's not what is. So I have definitely had tears. Um, my pain body is being activated into a feeling of not, <clears throat> not being honored, kind of the same way that we're not honoring our Mother Earth. And some of that is very true, <clears throat> although I feel that um, I've chosen this experience to heighten some wounding that I have that's giving me the opportunity to, to clear this on many levels. So it's a little bit tricky. Um, I need to uh, um, state what I need, you know, like uh, boundaries. This is getting back to my head. So my migraines or my headaches. So I need to state my boundaries and I also need to, at the same time, cultivate an awareness that it's not personal and that this is the stage of life that they are at and that they need to experience the separation. So in my pain, when I'm in my little Julie, I'm feeling um, disrespected, abandoned, not listen to, compromise, that compromise word again. And, um, you know, I can, I can observe my thoughts start to create emotions, right? So 
The thoughts go to create that reality. And then I can stop if I'm in awareness. I can stop that and say, wait, these thoughts are creating these emotions. And I can choose that experience or not choose that experience. And it was kind of funny because Leah said to me, you know, the, it, some incident, there's been a number of incidences that have arose in the past week where I've had an opportunity to be in wounding or an opportunity to be in acceptance of what is and embracing of what is and not create a story around it um, that is solidifying my wounding. So Leah said to me at one point, she said, well, you know, don't take it personally like that. And, and I looked at her and I was laughing. I was like, you don't understand. Like these beings held my cheeks and gazed into my face for like years, you know, being like, mama, I love you more than anything in the whole world. And I know you guys are laughing with me right now, the parents, because it's literally the extreme experience that we have to go to go through when our kids grow up. It's it's cruel, like it's completely broken in another way. And um, I was going to share just a couple, a couple, ins- a couple um, experiences that sort of solidify the level of this role that I held in their life. And one of the things that comes to mind is when one of my my son Tyler, when he was I don't know how old he was, eight, ten, something like that. But literally, you know, I was God to them. As as most mothers are to their children, and I remember in the in an election, uh, he was over at his dad's house, who was extremely conservative, and I think it was the the Bush Gore election, and Tyler like slipped away into a into a back room and called me, whispering on the phone, and he was like, "Mom, things are not going well. You know, Bush is ahead," and he said to me, "Do something," and you know that level of that, that child felt that I could do something, like that I could do something to shift the election is sort of an amazing uh, demonstration of just how much he believed in me. So it was uh, both tragic and uh, heartwarming that he had that much faith in me, but also, I guess, tragic that I know did not possess the power to shift the election in a different, you know, trajectory. Um and then I remember another moment with my daughter Mathis, um, who uh, so she's so genius. And we were, you know, I was singing and recording with the boys, and I started to sing very late in life. And uh, we were, you know, singing and recording and working on music. And it was the time when um, American Idol was really pretty new in 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 society, and we would watch that sometimes. We had a TV back then in those days. And I remember this one time, you know, Mathis was like, Mama, you should, you should audition, you know. And I was laughing and I was saying, no, I'm not that kind of singer. Like, I'm not going to scat or like sing someone else's song, you know. Uh, I, I, I was like, I would not do well. And she, she grabbed my face and my cheeks and looked in my eyes and she said to me so earnestly, she said, Mom, audition, I'll go to Hollywood with you. And it was so precious and so sweet. And she didn't even realize that we live in Hollywood, like Hollywood is a 20-minute drive from my house. So those are two experiences of the level uh, that children uh, or my children believed in me. And, you know, maybe they're, 
in one way, you know, part of the tragedy is that, you know, I raise them to believe in unicorns and other dimensional entities and all these experiences. And as the world has informed their experiences, the world has now told them that those things do not exist. And so I wonder sometimes if they feel deceived by me or um, that I gave them this view on on life, and that's not how life is. And so now I'm uh, irrelevant or, or I violated their trust, I guess, in a way. And, um, you know, of course, they will have to find their own way into their own experience. And, you know, even, you know, Tyler said to me uh, recently, you know, he was like, I have to find my own experience of what that means for me. And of course, like everybody does. Uh, however, as parents, it, it's so jarring, especially when you've been a parent who's been present and engaged and had this love affair with your children. And then uh, one day they just wake up and you've become extremely uh, stupid <laughs> to them. I don't know. I, th I think I'm overstating in, in a lot of areas, but... Uh, I mean, I still have a very close relationship, but this is what it feels like. You know, it feels like this separation. And I was at um, Sadie's house, um, Sadie Adams, who is the uh, founder of Take Care, and she's we're working on some self-care stuff, you know, this year and last year together. And I had the honor of meeting her parents, who are beautiful human beings, just the coolest people. And I was sharing with them, you know, this stage that I'm in and the trauma. And they're much older than I am. And, and you know, her, they were still, they do, still were misty-eyed. We were around the fire talking. And they have three gorgeous kids who are all just amazing individuals. And her mom shared with me, her mom's name is Jennifer. And she shared with me that when Sadie moved out, I think it was a seven-year difference between Sadie and her younger um, sister, Tess. But Jennifer shared with me that, uh, that Tess and 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 her and she sat on the bed and literally sobbed when Katie moved and um, when Sadie moved out, and um, you know she said you know we called her and we were like can't you come back now you know so I just feel you guys obviously and so many of us are going through this experience if you're a young parent just plug your ears and don't listen to what I just said. Just enjoy your kids. Enjoy all of those stages of life. It's just the most magnificent thing in the world. And, you know, you'll be at, God willing, you'll be at our stage, you know, sometime in the future. So again, so how do we, how do we navigate this and how do we manage this in grace? And I think that, um, you know, there are two, two things. And the first thing is to take care of yourself. Again, self-care and I just told my boys, I was like, I'm not going to hold it back. So I might just cry. I'm just letting it out. I'm not trying to like act like I'm fine or like stuffing it. Um, I'm just being real with it. So if they have to see, you know, mom break down in hysteria a couple times, well, that's what has to happen. I'm also though really working on uh, not taking anything personally. So I'm being open with my communication, letting them know that I'm raw, that, you know, this is something that I'm working through. And also, of course, I do not want them to live with me anymore. I'm ready for them to go. Um, and so then I'm trying to communicate my boundaries so that I don't step into a wounding 
that creates uh, some drama or some imbalanced emotional experience that's really not necessary because, you know, ultimately it's not personal. They're just free. I mean, I remember when I got my first place and, you know, my kids didn't go to college, so they've been with me for a long time. They just want to be free and it's great and they need to be free and I want them to be free. So uh, we have to process through these things, but this has been interesting to me and I want to share this one discernment and it's something I'm going to be sharing over the coming you know, year. Is this different between emotions and feelings? So do you see how I share this experience of this wounding that I have? And it's a, it's a perfect starseed. It's what I call a starseed wounding. Those of us that have been differently wired or, you know, we all feel like the black sheep, the one that's never understood, the crazy person in the back of the room. Um, so I have that patterning within me. And sometimes life can be lonely uh, when you came in to create a different way. But I think it was written by, mm, I can't remember the guy's name now. Oh, it's just, uh, maybe I'll think of it. It's a, a Ken Carey, Ken Carey. He's an author. And he wrote in one of his books that uh, if you feel alone or, or isolated or left out of life, uh, it may be because you came to create something new that has never been experienced before. And so it's a condition of the way that we're wired. So every starseed or person that I know that is in touch with another a more expanded reality of life, we, many of us carry this pa this patterning of being the black sheep, wounded, left out, misunderstood. That's a big one. And a lot of it can feel very, uh, just very sad and very lonely and very, um, very actually violent. And that's one of the reasons that you know, I always say at the end of my podcast, even if no one else believes in you, I believe in you to find your way into living your truth, your authentic truth, because it can be no other way. You're a divine emanation of consciousness, right? So that's what I've wanted to hear many times in my life, and it's not been around. So I sort of made a vow to myself that if I rose to fulfill myself, which I am, that I would uh, make it part of my mission to share that and to share that sentiment with you, with the people that listen to what I'm sharing in the world. So again, to understand it's not personal. These things get triggered. Uh, these young men are, you know, they're kids. They're young, young adults, and they need to go find their edges. They need to go experience life, and that's it. And you know, it's just sad and tragic <laughs> that we have to let our little ones go, but we do. And, you know, the Mathis, you know, I cried with Mathis last night. She, like, held me. Um, but, you know, she said to me, well, you know, you still have me and Jaya. And, you know, Rich said that, too. And I said, yeah, I know that, but you can't trade one for the other. Like, it's not like, oh, I have this, you know, I have this widget that now makes me feel fulfilled in this area, right, parents? I mean, we know each one is completely individual. And, you know, uh, it's it, you can't trade up or you can't, you know, you can't sub. 
Uh, and yes, I am still a mo- mother and still really enjoying my girls. Of course, they're magnificent and amazing. And I have so many things in life that I'm doing right now. So it's not, I'm looking forward. I'm getting my art studio back because they're moving their their instruments out of the garage. And that was my art studio when I was painting and sculpting. It's super exciting for me that, you know, that that's there. And, you know, yet you see how many years when I, I think I shared last podcast, I, I've watched this video of the boys playing music and, you know, Trapper couldn't even see over the drum kit and Tyler's playing his Fender Mustang, 1966 Fender Mustang that we all gathered together and bought for him for a very young birthday. And it's like two times bigger than he is. So when you see the lineage and like how, how many years we played music in that room, you know, it's appropriate to be sad, right? It's appropriate to feel and to honor that transition with the appropriate expression. So um, I think, um, again, express yourself, um, you know, uh, and place boundaries where you can. Remember, don't take it personal. It's not personal. It's part of life. (laughs) And... um, you know, and then embrace what's coming. I got a beautiful text from one of the boys, um, girl, friends, girlfriends, Avery, who shot my, my music video, Beloved. If you haven't seen it, go on my YouTube channel and watch it, please. Um, she texted me and she was like, oh, I know you're sad, um, but I just want you to know this is like the beginning of a better relationship with your boys. And she was like, you can always use me as an excuse to come over which was super sweet. So I really super appreciate that a lot. And, um, you know, there's going to be amazing things. So it's a, it's a, a process of honoring your emotions, finding where is the wounding within you, because it's really just, a, you know, life is about you and you. That's it. It's about you and you. It's about me and consciousness and how is it interacting with me? And what is this giving me? What opportunity is this giving me to clear this sadness or clear more layers of this wounding out of me? Um, and then um, the other thing is um, to understand that emotions are not feelings. Emotions are triggered by thoughts. So if you allow your thoughts, your thoughts will create this entire story of being abandoned in my case, and that will be my experience. I will, in fact, create it more by staying in that wounding. So I'm going to share right now, just to just to emphasize this so you guys can really get it, glean it. This was shared by one of my Indian masters, Nityananda, um, and he had a phrase that he used to use called unclutch. And he would explain that your story of your life is in fact completely fabricated, completely made up. So if you consider that in your life you've had millions of thoughts, probably up till now, you know, if you're as old as I am. So let's just say thousands of thoughts. You've had thousands and thousands of, of experiences, thoughts, emotions. And what you've done as a personality, depending on your design, if you've picked up these events and you've made them significant and you start to join them together, and you start to make a chain of your experience. So I just shared with you all this wounding, okay, from starseed and being differently wired and otherly wired. So what I've done is I've come into life, and because I'm predisposed to this story that is that is run by my emotions, 
which are created from my thoughts. I've created a story that I was um, unloved, that I was never chosen uh, for a team, uh, that I was uh, super skinny and scrawny till I was, you know, older. Um, and I create this chain of experience of being um, unloved or left out or feeling isolated. And in other experiences, some people make a chain of happiness. Like, I'm the favorite, I'm lucky, I win everything, I'm the most beautiful, my parents love me more than the other kids, like, I don't know, whatever it is. So, but both in reality are just fake. They have nothing to do with the consciousness of who you are. And so if you can drop those stories, you can go in deep into your heart and connect with this amazing consciousness and vibration, which is the resonance of who you are as an eternal being. And you're free from the pain-pleasure, really, pain or pleasure experience. So if you can drop this story and really just merge within your heart, you can uh, be in neutrality and sort of be beyond this seesaw of highs and lows and, and moving through different you know, extreme experiences. And so uh, that is what I wanted to share with you guys today. I did want to take a minute and talk about suryaspa.com. Um, this is uh, an amazing practitioner named uh, Marta, who I have come into contact with, and I've been starting to work with her in um, doing some panchakarma, doing Ayurvedic practices, which are rejuvenating to the body and healing and uh, supportive. So I am, I actually went in for a treatment and a consult. I've been working on my pain exploration of my migraines from very different levels. So I've been working from this Ayurvedic physical level. I also uh, got some body work to look at the structure of my spine and what is going on. This was on her recommendation. And I'm also working with it on a multidimensional level um, in my meditation. So uh, I'm committed to exploring my pain, to finding out why these extreme headaches are still with me. And um, I wanted to mention SuriaSpa.com for any of you that are experiencing any intense um, physical issues. This practice and this clinic, it's invaluable. It's just, it's an amazing, amazing service that is being provided. And as many of you know, I healed this huge cyst in my neck with the use of Ayurveda uh, and also a plant-based diet. So uh, I wanted to let you know this clinic exists. It's in the Pacific Palisades. And uh, we're starting to collaborate with each other for anybody that is in the LA area that wants to go in for either a consult with her, which I highly recommend. She will do a pulse read and... Um, you know, go through all of your diet and everything else. And then they have, and they are set up to do all of the most intensive, uh, authentic Ayurvedic treatments, which uh, are absolutely rejuvenating and restoring for the entire body. 
So um, if you mention Srimati, um, you get a 5% discount uh, for now, and, and maybe we'll be developing this as we go into the future. I'm going to be sharing a lot of practices uh, with you, and as I told you already, my next book is a modern Ayurveda book. It's a book of, of living. It's a DIY to live in this vibration of this self-love at, at this deep level with a lot of physical practices that you can do that really, really will sustain you, nourish you, nurture you, so that you can become your um, best advocate, your you know mother to yourself, really, the ultimate mother of your own self. Uh, we come in alone and we die alone, and it, it is up to us. I don't mean that as a, as a sad story. I mean that as an empowering experience of being able to take responsibility for your own body. And, um, you know, again, I am not a physician. I'm not a doctor. I am somebody who has had experience with Ayurveda. If anything is imbalanced in my life, this is the tradition that I go to. And this is a tradition that is thousands of years old, that is, um, you know, taught in the highest reverence and alignment. If you are not in the LA area or cannot get here, I always recommend Dr. Lad, Dr. Vasant Lad, who is in New Mexico at the Ayurvedic Institute. That is ayurveda.com absolutely life-transforming experience. Uh, we are living longer, and if we only live life where we are constantly expelling energy, extending energy, the body will um, be depleted. We must take time to replenish the body, to fill the body back up. This is what Ayurvedic practices support. Um, and in Ayurveda, it's extremely beautiful uh, because they actually consider the body divine and they know that if the body is supported with right nutrition and right practices and care, the body will rejuvenate itself. Um, I have experienced this in my own life and each one of you have to take responsibility for your own condition. Um, there, of course... Uh, is a place for Western medicine. Um, this is something that each one of us has to discern and and uh, sort of uh, use your intelligence. But we must take responsibility for our own individual being. Uh, the body is divine. And so the question is, are you eating in right alignment? Um, are you taking care of yourself? Uh, are you honoring what is right for you, what is nourishing for you, what is supportive for you? These are some of the things that Ayurveda help to reawaken within the being so that we can uh, truly live in right alignment in divinity. So lastly, I want to mention that I am doing a retreat in Miami. Um, we have amazing signups and it's going to be an incredible experience. So this is going to be at Sacred Space, the Sacred Space, Miami. It's an absolutely extraordinary venue, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful space. What a blessing that we get to have the retreat there. It's going to be three and a half days, um, starting on February 12th, going through the 15th. 
And we are having a beautiful plant-based Valentine's dinner, which will be out of my two books. And it's going to be extraordinary. Um, We are going to dive into a lot of ritual practices, uh, awakening this connection with your body, your soul, your heart. And it would be an, an alignment into expressing your divine creativity who it is you are and starting to reawaken and strengthen your uh, alliance to yourself, your alignment with your truest heart's desires. There will be daily yoga um, and it will be my practice, which is Jai Yoga, uh, which is so beautiful and deep, very mindful. It is suitable for all levels. Um, and also ritual practices, different things, devotional things, um, yoga nidra, um, possibly holotropic breathing. We're going to be doing some rebirthing. And um, also I'm going to be talking about sacred sex and how to start to embody our sexuality as the powerful spiritual energy that it is for our um, greatest expansion, greatest expression. So those are some of the things that we'll be doing. Um, it's um, it's going to be awesome. So I hope you'll join us. If you uh, check at the link in my bio on Instagram, it's at Conscious City Guide. Um, it's The Beloved Retreat. So it's ConsciousCityGuide.com slash The Beloved Retreat. Or go on my website, Srimati.com, and you can find it there. It's also the link in my bio on Instagram at Srimati. So you can find the link for more information. We're going to be suggesting um, some accommodations. The price does not include accommodations. I'm going to be grabbing an Airbnb. And, um, you know, I think uh, the sacred space has gotten some reduced rates. I'm fingers crossed. I hope that they've gotten that together. So anyway, uh, that's it, you guys. Um, Thank you for joining me. And... um, I look forward to sharing more with you in the coming weeks. So thanks again for all your love and support. And I hope what I have shared on this episode has been useful for you in some way. Um, It's with deep devotion and reverence that I share this message with you. And until next week, I'm sending you and your loved ones uh, immense grace and blessings and um, be well. Namaste.